0: The Internet's most listened-to talk radio network, voiceamerica.com, with
1: Joyce Bender and Disability Matters. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
2: Welcome to the show. And I hope all of you have been having a great I know that here at our headquarters in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, things have finally cooled off a little bit with this rain, but boy, we've had a hot one, that's for sure, and I'm sure many of you have experienced the same thing, but one thing I'll tell you is this show is hot. It is. It is really catching on fire. We have had a tremendous listening audience, and on every show, I always take time to thank our listeners and I do so much appreciate your following the show and telling everyone and keep telling everyone because our goal is quality of life for people with disabilities everywhere and that is why the more people you tell the more opportunity for education and learning for great leaders and they don't all have to be people who have been in the industry forever That's an example with our guest today, Peter Squire, who is the Chairman of the National Youth Leadership Network and one of our up-and-coming leaders in the United States for Americans with Disabilities. Peter, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you, Joyce. Thank you for having me.
2: And Peter, as our listeners may have missed when you were on the show before and so you all know i think so highly of this young man that he's going to be a regular on this show because i just want to get across to everyone how important it is that we have youth moving into leadership roles in the disability arena but for those that did not hear you when you were on before uh, Peter, maybe you could tell our listeners why you decided or what made you decide to become a leader in the
3: disability area. Well, thank, thanks again, Joyce, for having me on. It's really an honor. And I, I'm i always uh, in all of you, and I appreciate your voice in continuing when you have um, guests on to talk about youth and to really bring it to the forefront of their mind. As I look through the, the transcripts and I've heard, um, several of your shows as you, as you speak about how important it is and you ask your guests about what they're doing with youth or what they think about youth. I think that's extremely important, and I, and I applaud you and, and appreciate that work that you do when you bring those guests on. Well, thank you so much. But I became a leader in the disability movement, I guess. Um, I have a hidden disability. I have a, was diagnosed uh, about second grade with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and also a specific learning disability in reading comprehension and visual motor integration. But I'll tell you, Joyce, I didn't really even know what my disability was going through high school. I mean, I had an IEP. I attended all, I guess, the, the training and I knew I was in special education. I knew it was different because I was separated out but I didn't really even understand my disability or even understand that I had one until I got to college. And I got accommodations in college, but it wasn't until a professor, while I was taking a test, there was a mix-up on the accommodations sheets, and it wasn't until a professor came up and told me that I had to turn into a test, turn in a test, and that for every minute I didn't turn in the test that I would be um, marked off for that, that um, I realized that I couldn't really hide from what my disability was, and it was really in that instance that I, uh, that I decided that I either have to figure out what this is and really look into who I am and what this disability means for me and in my life, or I just kind of continue to just go down this road and that I don't basically care kind of, kind of what goes on. And I, I decided that I, I have to accept that this is just part of me. Now, the reason I really continue, though, um, to kind of go out there and advocate is because I know that there's there's many 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 other youth out there who oftentimes find themselves separated or find themselves segregated from from groups or just from their own communities and 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 they just feel like they're all alone and I continue to push. More on their behalf to try to share their voice and how important it is to outreach to them and to find them and to get them involved and get them connected and get them going as early as possible because as soon as they make those connections early on, it's going to pay off huge rewards later on. So that's what's really pushing me to stay on now to really make sure that we can promote youth being involved in their own life.
2: Well, that is great that you made that decision, and I agree with you because when people try to hide from this, uh, like you, I have epilepsy, and of course it is not a visible disability, but when people try to hide from it, especially young people when they're in school, that isn't going to help. That's only going to hurt you. And, And I'm really glad that you did make that decision, and now, here you are now today, the chairman of the National Youth Leadership Network. Peter, can you tell our listeners about the National Youth Leadership Network?
3: No, certainly, uh, Joyce. The the National Youth Leadership Network, or NYLN, um, concept's kind of been around for about seven or eight years, but um, right now we've developed bylaws and we have procedures and guidelines, and our, our primary mission, the thing that that everybody at our governing board who oversee the direction of the NYLN focuses is on, one, leadership development, and two, education. And that's both of those things are focused to make sure that each youth has the potential or has the opportunity to, to reach their unique personal potential, whatever that may be. And the National Youth Leadership Network is made up of about 300, 350 NYLN members and those members have um, have come about from attending our conferences or institutes that we put on. And once they've, at- once you attend a conference or institute that we put on, you become an NYM member, and that allows you to then apply to be a youth like expert, which is also known as a resource consultant. So, an organization, say Joyce, like your organization, Bender Consulting, if they wanted to know about. A youth in a given area and say, I want to connect with, you know, I live here and I want to connect with the youth, and I, I want it around social security income, or I want it around, you know, higher education and, and what that means. We have in our on our database youth that fit those particular categories that people want to look, look at. So, so, for example, those 350 members, there's about 150 um, resource consultants that are out there that want to be connected to individuals. Now, the governing, the, the governing Board directs the National Youth Leadership Network, and in the Governing Board there are six different committees. There's Access for All, there's Public Information, there's Funding, there's Membership, there's Mentorship, and then there's Research. And each one of those committees has, has a Governing Board, a youth leader that directs it, oversees it, and each one of those committees has specific projects that they do throughout the The year We define a youth, as most people are always interested in, well, what's a youth? Do I classify as a youth? But we define a youth in our organization as being between the ages of 15 and 28. And we've recently become incorporated, so we're now National Youth Leadership Network, Inc. I always forget this sometimes.
2: Congratulations on that.
3: Thank you. We've recently incorporated in in Washington, D.C., and thank you to American University for helping us put together the the paperwork Bob Binnerstein um, Dinnerstein excuse me helped make connections so that we could file the paperwork and they helped us work on the process and now we're working on the process of becoming a nonprofit organization at the national level the 501 c organization so that's kind of our big kind of current push as well as the many projects that each one of those committees do
2: tremendous now can people contact you uh, Peter, if they also want to get news out about employment? Yes. Whether that's summer internships, no matter what it is?
3: Yes. If, if they want to contact me or they can also contact our um, youth executive director, Betsy Valness, they can send her an email at bvalnes at tie.net. Okay. You want to spell that one more time? Yes. It's B. V-A-L-N-E-S at tie, T-I-E dot net, N-E-T. And they can contact her, and, and, if, and if any of the employers, um, like yourself, J- Joyce, like has information that wants to be sent out to youth and wants to kind of get in contact with maybe a specific youth in the area, as I men- mentioned, she's the individual to go to to make those types of connections as well. She's a full-time employee now, our first, our first youth executive director. So now not only are we totally governed by youth and we're, we're led – um, but we're also, on the staff side, we're also now um, having a youth di- executive director to help lead the way.
2: And you are the national, so you have, oper- you have uh, a way to contact people somehow all across the United States.
3: That's absolutely correct.
2: Okay, because that is a question I have for you, which is, uh, Peter, living in Kansas, how would I get involved with this network?
3: Okay, living in Kansas, um, you would contact. I guess it depends on what you wanted to do. Um, if you're not a member formally, we, we don't have any real process right now. But I'm working to make sure that we open the door because I know how hard it is to kind of be involved sometimes at the local level if there's not organizations. What what you can do is send us an email, and uh, well, my email address is p s q u i r e at g-m-u you can send me an email you can go to our website which is www.nyln.org or you can also get on our teleconferences something I'm really excited about Joyce is we recently started doing quarterly teleconferences that are entirely again directed by the youth we also bring on adult allies adult like um, adult leaders so recently in July we had a youth Power and Policy um, teleconference, and we brought on individuals such as Aaron Bishop, who works for the Senate HELP Committee, which is the Health, Education, and Labor Programs Committee in the Senate. And we also had Andy Imperato on, as well as several other youth, like Rebecca Hare from the Institute of Educational Leadership, to come on and speak about – about doing work in policy and what kind of things you could do to get involved with that. So the teleconferences are completely open open to any youth and open to any adult if they want to join and listen to that. They're toll-free phone numbers so you can call in and it's also captioned. We want to thank I-L-I-R-U, and you'll have to forgive me, I don't know what that, the acronym stands for, but they're down in um, Houston, Texas, I believe, or in Texas, and they help support that and really put it on, and I want to thank them for doing the captioning and allowing us to use their service as well, but that's one way that you can get connected. We're also connected to youth leadership forums, not directly connected, but we have a lot of um, good connections with the youth as well. So if you want to, or just trying to find another youth, and you're, you're youth yourself, I guess, Contact us and we can hope to work with you to to find out maybe more specifics about what you're looking for.
2: Well, that is great. And you know what? I I think this is such a great thing that you're doing, Peter. What is the website for the Youth Leadership Network?
3: That website, Joyce, is www.nyln.org. One more time www.nyln.org, O-R-G.
2: So if someone would want to make a contribution, they now would be able to do that because you are now officially a 501c3, so they could, I guess, go to that website?
3: We're not officially. We're moving to get the 501 c In that process, you have to become incorporated at a local level first. So we've just incorporated the local level. But we do have a funding mechanism. If people want to get in contact with me to find out more about that.
2: Okay, and when we come back, we'll talk to Peter about that for a moment. We're talking to a leader right now in this country and a future leader for Americans with disabilities. Peter Squire, Chairman of the Youth Leadership Network. We'll be right back. This is Joyce Bender, the voice of VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be back.
0: The world leader in Internet talk radio. You're listening to
1: VoiceAmerica.com. their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S. and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com.
4: To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000.
5: Have you put down the morning paper in disgust because they weren't reporting what you wanted to read? Have you wondered why there aren't more women's voices in the news? Well, so have I, and we're about to change that. This is former Minnesota State Senator Ember Scott Young. I hope you'll join me for a new radio show every Thursday all about women on the move. We'll look at what's missing in the news, the issues often ignored in mainstream media, like how does Social Security reform really affect women? Why is the Department of Labor proposing to stop collecting workforce data on women? What role will women play in Iraq's new government? We'll create that debate right here. The Ember Reichgott Young Show will have prominent women you know and inspiring women you don't know. We'll share stories of women's leadership, courage, and vision. We just need you to be part of the conversation, so join us for the Ember Reichgott Young Show every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central Time. It's all about you, women on the move, on voiceamerica.com.
0: The world leader in Internet talk radio. radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com.
1: If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
2: And welcome back. We are talking to a leader in this country for young people, Peter Squire, who is the chair of the National Youth Leadership network. And Peter, if someone is listening and they would like to make a contribution, whether that be ten dollars or one thousand dollars, how can they do that if they want to make a contribution to the National Youth Leadership
3: Network? If they wanted to make a contribution to the National Youth Leadership Network, as as we're continuing on, there is an avenue for us to put that money in a foundation and they should contact again our our youth executive director, Betsy Valness, mm-hmm. and her email again is B V a-L-N-E-S at TIE, t-i-e dot net. And they can contact her for the specific information about the process to go about making that contribution.
2: And I would encourage all of our listeners to remember if you are someone that doesn't hear the show today, but you listen to this show as they are replayed and of course archived on the BenderConsult.com website, and you think, wow, this is really a great thing. It is. It is an important thing. Take time to possibly think about including them this year, you know, in your charitable contributions because where will we be if we don't have young people coming behind us into leadership roles? Where would we be? We would be in trouble. So we need to really foster this and really encourage it, and that's why I am so much behind this. Peter, when was the uh, National Youth Leadership Network founded, and how has it moved on and grown since that time?
3: Um, Well, let me speak real quickly, too, about the support. Not only do we hope that if if they were to contribute, but also right now we want – our, our kind of grant, the five year grant, and I'll explain a little bit about this and how we were founded, but our five year grant is coming to an end. This is our last year funding support from a federal level and we want to thank the the Department of Education, the um, the uh, Department of Labor, specifically Office of Disability Employment Policy. We want to thank them and Roy Grizzard came out and gave a powerful testimony and we want to thank him for that as well. As well as the National Council of Disability and several other funding agencies, but our last year is coming to an end. And we want to, and we're collecting with our youth right now, letters of support. Just like, just like providing money helps support, so does sharing your voice. So if you wanted to provide a letter of support about how important those youth those youth le- leadership and development training activities are like we put on or like youth leadership forums put on, I strongly encourage you, please go on and share your voice on our website. You can, our other website, which is www.nyln.org forward slash, or forward slash, I guess, dot, which is M-E-T-A-D-O-T forward slash index, I-N-D-E-X dot P-L. And at the bottom on the left side you'll see a letter of support. Click on that and please provide a, a letter and, and voice and just state how important that how important youth leadership development and training is. We're going to take those letters and share that with all of our federal federal agency representatives as well as with Congress. So anybody that's interested in knowing really how important these things are will be able to have the the documentation that that supports this and and really continues, just as Joyce said, to, to ensure that these things have to ensure that these things go on and ensure that we always are constantly having the next generation of leaders ready to confront the challenges that confront each of us in our life. Now, we were founded probably, it founded kind of started about seven maybe Excuse even. Me. Excuse me one minute. Now,
2: when you heard what he just said, I cannot emphasize how important that is. And it's so important that I'll probably try to have someone back on from this Youth Leadership Network to get the news out. If you heard him say that about how important that letter is, don't, don't forget it. Don't just listen and say, yeah, I should do that. You need to take time to do it. And remember, if you need a form letter, you have any questions, you can contact Peter or Betsy, B V A L N E S at T-I-E dot net, and obtain an example, but that is really important. Go ahead,
3: Peter. Yes, thank you. I mean Joyce, thank you for emphasizing that. I mean I can't express so much how how often sometimes we get good things in life, you know, and we're provided support and people have, have you know, helped contribute and we don't thank them sometimes.
6: Mm-hmm. This
3: is really a chance for us to stand out and say, because of the federal support at the national level, to show them how much these opportunities have meant to youth. Even if you know somebody, if you don't know somebody, you just understand that. If you're a person with disabilities, it doesn't make a difference. Just hearing this stuff and go on and just say, you know, Peter Squire, I heard him talk about that, and this is important for what youth need to achieve their outcomes. And really and really, that's what it's about, is making sure that youth have an opportunity to, you know, get whatever their unique potential, like personal potential is. And, and, and Joyce, if you want to have on another youth, I, I would strongly encourage you to bring on to our executive director, who, who could Betsy Vonnis, who is a wonderful gal from South Dakota. Her little ditty, she'll tell you <laughs> that she's got such little cute quips and quirks about her. But like, she's a powerful youth leader. She does a tremendous amount of work, and I think she would really be a good person to bring on. Um, you have, you
2: have her call and we will get that taken care of.
3: And I do want to thank Joyce, too, because on the last call that I was on last year, I had brought up the fact that youth needed to be, you know, more involved in, in speaking out. And she had contacted Kristen Jones, who does a, t- a tremendous amount of work with Disability Mentoring Day down in Texas. And they, they weren't able to, unfortunately, Kristen's schedule didn't work out. But Joyce went forward and made that action, and, and it's all about taking that action, Joyce. And I and I want to thank you for that as well, for making sure that youth are involved and are connected. Now, getting back to the question of where we found it, kind of about ten years ago, I guess, uh, adult disability leaders in the community started realizing that they needed to help bring on the next generation of future leaders. So they started holding um, conferences. The first one I believe was held by the Social Security Administration. And it was really just around, a conference just around youth leadership and kind of just youth opportunities. And that was all pretty much directed by an adult kind of direction. And what has recently happened and over those past couple uh, years is that some strong youth advocates have just slowly but surely really started emphasizing how important it is that youth not only just be there as participants, but they're actually able to share their voice and they're able to actually lead the conferences that are about them. I mean, so often it seems like, and I want to emphasize this, it seems like it's it's a simple idea that you should involve youth and that you should help youth own the things that they're being involved with or own their own life. but. Oftentimes, you just come as passive participants. They're just there as just individuals, but they're not there to really own the things. And I really want to emphasize that because it's not just having a youth there, but it's actually having a youth there and working with them to make sure that they can own the actual work themselves. So. The initial youth leaders like Sarah Triano and Michael Chang really stepped up and pushed that and advocated as well for Jennifer Jones. They really advocated for that, and so they broke the initial ice. And then from that breaking of the initial ice, a a grant was really put out by the Department of Education, which is the leader, the Office of Special Education Programs, which is the leader for that grant, and it's a multi-federal agency grant where they're all putting in a pot of money to make sure that that, that our network um, can continue on. That grant, which was awarded five years ago, went to um, Lori Powers, who's now at Portland State University. And so Lori Powers, thank her heart very much, allowed us um, a kind of self-determination, allowed us youth to take on the challenge of directing and governing our own issues and our own uh, challenges that we face and providing a venue For us to do that, and that's where the NYN is really kind of formed. We've got official bylaws like three years ago, so we've really kind of very incremental steps to where now we are a youth, totally youth led and directed organization that hopes to foster the inclusion of youth of all levels.
2: Wow, that is wonderful. It's so exciting. And you know, Peter, I love hearing you talk about this because you're so passionate. That's what I like, you know. As the quote goes, enthusiasm is contagious. And boy, you really have that ability.
3: Well, it helps when when you've got that, that, you know, that that bump in music, the new attitude. (laughs) Uh, I love that song. That's great. I mean, I'm just shaking in my chair over here. Yeah,
2: well, and that is what we need in this country, a new attitude when it comes to this whole area of quality of life for youth and adults with disabilities. Now, the National Youth Leadership Network, is I guess the best way we can follow what they're doing is to probably follow on your website.
3: Right, to follow on our website, and if they wanted to get to that second website that I talked about, at the bottom left-hand corner, there's a there's a little uh, I guess tab or link that's called inside the NYLN. And if they wanted to click on that, that'll take us that'll take them to a place where they can register, and they can go to see what specific committees are doing once they register and they can find out about what specific committees are doing and what kind of activities each of the youth organizations or each of the youth committees are kind of up to and what the, what the National Youth Leadership Network is up to on a whole. As well as we put out um, newsletters, like we first officially put out a, our first official newsletter um, probably about seven months ago, and we're finalizing our next one. So that's on our new, in the nyln.org website, that's under newsroom, and you can go to the winter, winter Winter newsletter, and you can read about um, what what the network was currently up to then. But again, just like you said, it, we're emerging. There's a lot of stuff going on. We're excited. We're energized. I mean, that's really what youth are, are about. And, and that's a we're constantly coming up with new things and new ways to help involve youth across the country.
2: Well, if someone is listening to the show, for example, and they want to join right now, should they contact? Betsy, on that uh, email that you gave us?
3: That's right, yes.
2: Okay, you want to repeat it again?
3: That is for Betsy Valnes. It's B-V-A-L-N-E-S at TIE.net, N-E-T. All right, and
2: there's that music going, so we know that (laughs) we're going to get Peter even going more, if that's possible. You're listening to Peter Squire, who is known nationally as a leader In the area of youth leadership, and he is the chair of the National Youth Leadership Network. We'll be right back to talk more to Peter. You're listening to Joyce Bender, the voice of VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Bringing the world together, you're listening to America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com
1: their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S. and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com.
4: To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1 800 332 1000.
1: Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the greyhound. Discuss proper obedience and training techniques. And find out more about the greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dogs. If you own a greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific. Right here on America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com
0: The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. radio. You're listening to America's Voice, VoiceAmerica.com.
1: Welcome back to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. If you have a question or comment for Joyce or her guest, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now back to Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
2: And I'm back, and we're talking to Peter Squire, the chairman of the National Youth Leadership Network. And, you know, I've got to, I'm going to share with you what Peter and I were talking about at the break. Right now, my company, Bender Consulting Services, has internship opportunities with a federal intelligence agency and with another federal intelligence agency full time employment because our company was selected and given this national contract where we're looking for the best and the brightest young students with disabilities. You don't even have to be graduated yet, even for that full time employment because of the security clearance. You could be in the beginning of your senior year. So here we are looking for the for students. Great compensation, great opportunities, and yet when you call a lot of the disability services offices, the answer is send the information and we'll try to get it out, or sorry we don't know who has a disability, or I don't know of anyone, or we'll see what we can do. Now, we got to change this. And I told Peter that I'm telling young people I meet everywhere, become your own advocate. Go to colleges and universities. Be a leader. Start, first of all, this will teach you leadership. Start your own chapter, and you can connect it to this National Youth Leadership uh, Group that Peter already has in place. You can be the college groups connected. But start your own group and get the news out of where employment and opportunities are. Because, Peter, I love this term he has. Tell them, Peter, what you call this.
3: Well, I call it the adult filter.
2: <laughs> but you know what? That's really a good term because I'm going to tell you something that really bothers me. Sometimes when I talk to people at offices, they start this, uh, well, we want to, we want to protect everyone and we want to protect the rights of everyone. So we have to be careful how we get this information out. Well, you know what? It is a filter. And you're making decisions for young people that they should be making. And by the, you know, that's not right that that they would be prevented from a highly paid, great opportunity because of some decision you're making.
3: Yeah, I can't tell you how often I hear it, Joyce, when we're at our conferences, even talking to youth themselves, that they speak about where they go to their service providers. A lot of the times it's, uh, I think, when I was up in Pennsylvania and went to a transition uh, conference, they were saying, you don't know, you don't get uh, situation. And basically, if you don't know about it existing, the service providers not necessarily are going to tell you. Now there are people out there that that are wonderful service providers and really work with the youth. But a lot of the times, what we hear, or at least I hear more often, is you saying, "Oh, I learned this from another one of my friends," or "I learned this from another, you know, another youth. They heard it from going to our conference or getting connected back at the local level from another youth, where they passed on that information and saying, "Well, hey, you know, you could do this for your health care, and this is another way to get around." But oftentimes, like I was telling Joyce, is that. When you come through this high school, like, situation, this high school setup, you're surrounded by this support bubble. And, I mean, I call it the natural line of transition. What happened in my case, at least, was I had this strong bubble supporting me to make sure, like, I could go over, you know, the the high school kind of graduation situation. So they pushed me over the high school graduation. But when I got to college, I didn't know how to advocate for myself or even support myself or learn about even what my disability was. And so I just went off straight a cliff. So if you can imagine a nice, like, line of transition that's supposed to go smoothly, and then imagine when when you take away that support system, again, it's just like a, a cliff. And what we try to advocate within the network is to promote that type of leadership development so we have different levels where anybody that's a member can get on to committees. They can join our committees, and then if they wanted to, they could apply then for the governing board, and then from the governing board they could be an officer, they could chair. I mean... The whole point here is to build up into something that you feel comfortable and to take on leadership activities as they come on. And, and Joyce, I want to try to meet that challenge that you are having and facing with youth, and I'll, I'll push back. Um, to our youth and encourage and support them to start up in their own local communities and get connected, and we'll try to get you at least 10 youth to get on to those positions at NSA. And I, and I want to say again, congratulations for your 10th year anniversary, and I know that goal that you said and that challenge, that's phenomenal to get those 100 people employed, and I think that's a great, great, great avenue to go. And, and I think a lot of the youth, again, are out there wondering what to do, What some of the skills, like here's another situation I heard from youth up in Pennsylvania. They wanted, when they were in high school, they had to go take a career assessment test. And that career assessment test basically said what things they were kind of good at and what things they weren't. And based off of that, they were told that these are the only opportunities they could have for a job. They either had to be into catering or, uh, what do you call it, culinary art school, or they had to be a janitor. That based on the career assessment, those were the only two options for jobs that they could have available for them and that person wanted to be like a fashion designer, I believe, or do something along those lines, but because their math scores were too low, they said that they couldn't go after that. It's those kinds of situations where you set up these low expectations for youth, where where you say, well, we just need to make sure that on our, our end, you know, we need to get you out, and we need to check off the box that says, you know, you graduated. That It's those types of situations that we really are hurting ourselves as a community, as a society, as a, at, at a national level, because we're putting people into jobs that they don't necessarily feel empowered or, you know, enthused about. And if anybody knows, any time you do something that you don't want to do, most likely you're not going to do it very well and you're not going to wanna do it. And there's nothing going to be very good about getting up in the morning. I think I think Einstein or somebody had once said that like the best job is the one that you would do for free. And that's what I try to do. I try to follow my enthusiasm in what Path I take for my career, and by doing that, I think youth will understand more that these are the challenges they face. Hey, you know, either I can overcome it and work really hard to do that, or eventually let me decide on my own that that isn't just too much that for me to do, and that I'd rather find out now something else to do. But oftentimes, what gets set up, or we have these systems constraints that are there to help and provide for us, you know, and help make the transition, which which is very nice, but oftentimes they don't work with the youth. Again, they're there just to make sure that youth can transition, but not the follow-through, if that makes sense.
2: Yes, it does. And let me say that story you told me is terrible. That is so terrible about what they told that young person. And, And I hate that because this is what I say when I speak to teachers or guidance counselors. Don't lower the bar. That's what everyone is doing. You lower the bar for students with disabilities. And you should not do that. You know, you you should never do that. And I have interviewed so many people. I interviewed one young man who had graduated from college with a master's degree, also well-known by Andy Imperato, And when I interviewed him and he told me that in, when he went to VR that they told him that he should go work at McDonald's because mm-hmm. this is a person who is deaf, even though he had a master's degree in computer science. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I just mm-hmm. Every day when I hear these things, it is so infuriating to me. But you can't have to stop doing that. Sometimes my, you know, there are great, great service providers, as Peter mentioned. There are great people at schools, and there are great parents of children with disabilities. But there also are parents of young people where you are the disability. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to raise the bar, and let that young person be independent. We have opportunities right now all across the United States, Las Vegas, Nevada. We have a great opportunity for a college student with a degree in accounting. And when I call a college and they say to me in Nevada, we don't know anyone with a disability, it is so infuriating. So, Peter, get on it.
3: Joyce, I'll take up that challenge as well. I'll, not necessarily at the end of this year, but when I transition on from uh, the National Youth Leadership Network, as I move on, I will guarantee you in my work back with the NYLN that I will work on making sure that youth are connected at more of a national level to make sure that different colleges and youth organizations can be connected. Because I was, I was the president of uh, a local, um, well, I guess the, the disability club at Mary Washington College, or now Mary Washington University, was called Success. And I know how hard it is sometimes when you're there on a small university like 4,000 students, how hard it is to get people to your events. And how hard it is sometimes to organize. And a lot of those skills we can share with each other and learn from it. That's the whole point about youth talking to other youth. We can learn about the successes. I mean, we have youth right now who are trying to start up youth leadership forum and trying to get them connected so they can use each other's resources instead of again feeling this like whole, you know, segregation thing where you're out there just chugging along alone by yourself. And that's not the case. A lot of us are doing the same type of things and we need to use each other as support you know, as resources and make sure that we're connected. And we're trying we're trying desperately to do that. And and I will I will take up those two challenges, Joyce. So again, the one I stated earlier about trying to get the ten people, ten youth to get involved and send in applications for those opportunities that you've put out and you've gotten connected with and thank you for that. And then after this is over, have me come back on and I'll talk about what what potentially we can do about making sure that colleges are not only encouraging youth to go on to employment, but they're making sure that information is coming back down to the youth themselves so they know about what other opportunities that are out there, like the workforce recruitment program. I mean, that's something that I learned about, but not maybe every college is actually getting that information. So figuring out ways that we can do that. Also, you were talking about, and I think this would be, it would be a great story for you to hear. Um, uh, Joyce about, uh, Betsy who was told when she was in high school that the highest thing she would be go- like be able to do was work at a McDonald's from one of her high school transition people. And she talks about, I think she has a great story around that as well. But like, it's just one of those things, like, as long as we don't make sure that there are one person that can connect with that youth, there's a hope, you know? But if we're not out there constantly, you know, pushing and like really making sure that we can get connected to youth, they could be an environment where if they don't see any other way out, they don't know any other world that they just think that's what expectations hold for them, and that will really lower the limit. I mean, that will really—that's what gets put people put into you know those like like low kind of income jobs. That really is why we've got this like high rate of poverty and the high rate of unemployment that we do today. And as this next group of youth coming up, we've got to make sure that that does not happen. There are so many reasons out there for us to get connected with technology and everything else that it should not be a reason. It's just a matter of putting the resources that we can make sure and allowing youth to get connected to other youth to make sure that that happens and that we prevent the filter that prevents the information from getting to youth themselves.
2: Yes, Peter, I will be quoting you when I am telling people I love that, remove the filter. That is so true. You are speaking the truth. And you know what the worst part is? To think there are young people who want to be like everyone else. In other words, they don't want to be in poverty. They want to live the American dream. And to prevent them from knowing about information, that's a crime. Right. And that's why we're excited that we have Peter Squire in this country. I'll be right back, and we'll close the show with a great young man and great leader, For Americans with Disabilities, Peter Squire. This is Joyce Bender, the voice of VoiceAmerica.com.
6: I'll be right back.
0: The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com.
1: their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S. and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com.
4: To learn more, visit EpilepsyFoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000.
2: My name is Maxine Thompson, and I am America's Voice,
3: VoiceAmerica.com.
0: The world leader in Internet talk radio. radio. You're listening to America's Voice, VoiceAmerica.com.
1: If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender.
2: And welcome back. And I know if you're listening to this show, you're thinking, wow, isn't this young man, Peter Squire, really enthusiastic and really, really dedicated? And he is. And that is why we're so excited to have him talk about his role as the chairman of the National Youth Leadership Network. Peter, I know that, you know, we're going to be closing the show in a, in a little while here, but we still have a few minutes left. And I wanted to ask you, when you do talk to youth, what comes up that you feel for youth with disabilities? What are the main issues they're dealing with?
3: I think if I was going to say, like, what would be the top priority, I think, at least in my mind, just hearing youth, it's just, again, the question of involvement. Too often we go to conferences that are about youth that may have a few youth there, but youth aren't engaged. So I've been on numerous phone calls and been at numerous conferences where, you know, um, support providers or individuals be talking, well, let's get into the mind of a youth. Let's try to think about what the youth may think and where, what challenges they face and how to put this together so it would be youth-friendly. And what baffles me, Joyce, is that they'll have, like, youth sitting there in the room, but they won't be engaging them. They'll be talking to the other, like, other adults that are there. So they just kind of leave them off to the side. And and to this day, I still don't understand how this happens. It seems like, to me, such a simple notion that, that when you have youth, you involve them and you ask them questions and they, and true, you can't just expect the youth to come on and be like a superstar leader or be able to articulate, but you can work with them over time and that's why it's so important to start, you know, at a young age, like bring them to conferences and work and talk with them. You don't know what their issues are because you are not them. and You know, nothing without us about, or sorry, nothing about us without us. That's the whole, you know, creed, about that kind of notion. And it's so important, just like you continue to do, for all of us when we're going to talk. Well, let's just think about what a youth, how can we involve a youth? Where can we do doing it? And getting other people to be thinking about those types of matters on the same front. And I think that's part of the greatest challenge we face right now. I think it's turning. I think a lot of people out there are realizing how important it is to get youth on, like, I just got appointed to the State Special Education Advisory Committee in our state because of the connections that I had through ODEP, putting me through a, the, the National Center for Secondary Education um, Conference, and I got connected with the, youth, youth, the Virginia Youth Transition Team. And they understand the importance of having a youth on there to share their voice. But so many places around the country are really missing out on that key piece about putting things together for the youth and involving the youth. And I, that's the biggest thing in my mind is just to help change that, to help make sure that people realize that youth can and are capable of stepping up to the challenges that confront them. The second thing that I would say off of that is, again, getting youth to talk to youth about the services because too often I think we put into different categories, you know, just like health care and employment and those things as separate issues, when in reality they're one and the same. For example, uh, Josie Badger, who I love to death, and she's a great person that's on our governing board. She is in a situation because of her healthcare needs. She can only, you know, travel so far, and she's in Pennsylvania. You should get in contact with her just. But like, you can only tra- She can only travel so far before she loses like her healthcare coverage. So that limits limits her opportunities for where she can go and how she can get connected. And because of I guess her severe disability ability that not necessarily is she going to be able to easily get insurance or coverage for some other thing. And I find that, like, appalling, that, again, that that kind of situation can be confronted where we are limiting somebody based on those type of situations. And I think, again, getting used to connect to each other and find out about how they can bridge those types of challenges are really where the driver's at because, if the youth's not motivated to do it, it doesn't make how much doesn't make difference how much money or energy you put into it. It's up to them to take you over, you know, and eventually drive their own life. I mean, you can only be a passenger and for so long in a car just sitting there and think you know how to drive until you sit behind the wheel yourself and you really are driving. I mean, it's a whole different kind of experience, and we need to make sure that we're doing more of that and making sure that youth know how to connect their own things that they need in their lives, as well as making sure, like I said, the most important thing, that first and foremost that they're involved in a meaningful way.
2: You know, and, and that is so true. That is the same thing as if you had a group and you were talking about what can we do to help people with epilepsy and you didn't have anyone there who has epilepsy talking about it, no matter what the situation is. I think that we have to, that people in our society in a lot of these groups, they think they're including youth by having them go to a meeting, but including means including. Right. That means including their voice, their opinion, their thoughts, what they have to say. And I, for one, can tell you that at Bender Consulting Services we've made a decision that we will have an ongoing internship program here. and. We ended up, first of all, hiring this one young woman. She hasn't even graduated from college yet. But the other young man that we had here on an internship just brought so much to our company. I'm sure we'll always be working with him as he goes through school. But you know what? Having all having all these young people here with their ideas, they've really brought forth great ideas.
3: Well, it's a new attitude, Joyce, That's what it is. It's really, you know, coming in, to a new perspective, and I think a lot of the things is that youth don't necessarily have those same views for the way the world's supposed to work. You know, we're not we're not set in to the way things have been done in the past always, and so we can come up with new ideas. And I wanna I wanna thank the Administration for Developmental Disabilities because last year they put out a grant um, for youth information centers, and we're a national youth information center, and they're trying to do that type of thing, trying to get youth more directly involved in their community. So I want to thank them, and maybe if you have Betsy come on to speak more about kind of what's going on going on there and how those things and those types of situations can help you, you know, connect, connect as well.
2: And remember, I would say to young people who are listening to this show, when you are a young person with a disability, you can't wait for other people Nope. You have to do this on your own. You, ha- you have to invest in you, and you have to be the leader. You ha- no matter what anyone tells you, no matter what anyone says, you believe in you and your abilities and whatever you do. Anyone who tells you to lower the bar, you never listen. You don't listen. Don't wait. You lead like Peter is doing. That's what you do. You know, Peter is a great role model for young people across the United States to follow, and if you're a parent listening to the show, and you don't have, you have a child that's not involved, you should get them involved. Allow them to be involved, because great things happen when people feel independent.
3: That's exactly right. We we use kind of have it as a statement for it. It's our own eye power. It's our own ability to you know we can take control of our own lives. It's our power, mm-hmm. and and you're either using it or you're not using it. And just like kind of if you're watering a plant or not, the, you know the less you do it. Unless you use it, it kind of just withers away. So unless you're constantly, you know, out there using and reinforcing your own power, it's, it's going to go away otherwise. So every day you have to be facing those challenges and really confronting them head on and um, making sure that those things are put out there and, and done.
2: And, Peter, you've been so involved. I have to ask you, when you first got involved in this whole disability area, who were these people that were role models for you?
3: Oh, I think when I first got involved and and even still to this day, I'm amazed by like Yoshiko Dart. And just, I met Justin Dart once um, and listened to him speak and just the words and the statements that he had were um, so empowering. I mean, really just watching the love that Yoshiko has. I mean, that's one thing that I've learned is that when you confront new situations and, and you confront very difficult challenges, you can either take it from an attitude of love and empowerment or you can take an attitude of kind of sort of like hate and spite and somebody's not doing it your way and well, well here this is what you need to do but instead if you have more of a love attitude I think that's the greatest thing and just like Justin Dart said and what you said Joyce is that I mean you have to you have to take control of your life as, as Justin said he said if you if you don't take control I think it's like um oh now I forgotten. I'm sorry
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's all right Lead oh, on. That's him all the right, way. Lead, and that, that is right. And, and that is what you're doing. Do you have a message you want to leave with our listeners
3: today? Oh, I think you said take control of your life as if, it, if it, it's a matter of life and death because it is.
2: Yes, there he is. That's it. Well, you know what? Yoshiko Dart is also someone that I admire so much. And she said, we have made a lot of progress in the implementation of the ADA in certain areas, but we have much more to do and a long way to go before all the people with disabilities are included in the mainstream of society. Let us keep on keeping on together. We shall overcome, said Yoshiko Dart in a recent letter to me, and that is the truth. That's why we need all you young people out there leading on. Peter Squire, thank you. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Joyce. You're listening to Joyce Bender, the voice of voiceamerica.com, where ability comes first. See you next week.
1: Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.